Well, I know one thing is true, and that is that that the Steffens are getting ready for a move. We're a couple of months out, and, and that's a huge step for us. And part of that big step is going through our stuff, uh, deciding what we're going to throw away, what we're going to give away, and what we're going to keep. And we're minimalizing. How do you like that? We're becoming minimalist. And, and so one of the, the parts of that is going through photo albums. And we, we live in a day where we've moved from creative memory photo books. Do you know what some of those are? Oh, my gosh. They were, they were so corny back then. Cheesy with the little clouds above the pictures. Uh, and, and so we're going through these photo albums, and we're taking certain pictures out. We're giving some, some books that belong to the kids. Um, and, and so as we pull these pictures out, we're going to scan them. And, and it's just, it, it's kind of washed over me, a flood of, of memories. And I remember our oldest, Jacob, and, and pictures of us when we brought him home. And isn't that hilarious how, like with the first one, there are all these pictures. The second one, there's a good many. And then the third one, there are no pictures. <laughs> you know, you, you just don't have time with that third one. And, and, and so with that first one, we've got all these pictures, and we're bringing him home, and we're posing with Jacob, and, and, and we're putting him in the car seat there at Coliseum Park. It was required as it is today that you have a car seat for that infant to go home. And, and, and so we're putting him in the car seat, and he was very, let's just say light, he was a lightweight. He, he was a little fella, a small bundle of joy and love for us, and so... When we put him in the car seat, it swallowed him. And so we had to push these pillows in behind him and blankets. And Delia got in the back seat of our Mazda subcompact. And that was our family sedan. And, and, and I was in the front seat. And, man, I was just driving down north on 75, headed to toward North Macon. And I had my flashers on in the right lane. <laughs> I mean, it was... Uh, I mean, that little guy was fragile in the back, the firstborn. And that was a scary day. Anybody want to guess what the next scary day was related to cars and him? What age? 16. Oh, that was a scary day as well. At the day where I handed him the keys. car that I had driven, and thank goodness it was this ugly old Volvo. You know, you can't destroy a Volvo. It's like a German tank. And, and so I handed him the keys. Scary day when I moved him from car seat to driver's seat. I lost control of a lot of things. I don't know about you, but some of us would rather drive. Are there some people here, if you're traveling with somebody, you'd rather drive? Yeah, we're the control freaks. We really are. We like to be able to determine where we're all going. We like to pick our route, and there's a sense in which, I don't know, if we're leaders, we like that. We kind of get a buzz off of that. We're in control. And, and there's something about that driver's seat. For my dad, I'm so proud of him. It was about a year ago, he had a scare in his car that he recently signed over to me. 
hit a curb, bounced up, and he knew at that moment he was no longer in control of his physical faculties to be able to respond in ways he, he needed to respond. And so he said, Tim, here are my keys. You got to know for my dad, that was a huge moment of surrender. And so I, I'm like him. I want to be in control. I, I want to be in the driver's seat. Have you ever been with somebody and you're in the driver's seat and they question, they critique the route you've taken? You ever had that? And sometimes they're really blunt and insensitive, like, I would have gone another way. I know a shorter way. Ever had somebody say that? Delia is so nice, even when she's not nice. You know what I'm talking about? She uses eye language. I might have chosen a different way to go. And I'm thinking, these are my keys. This is my car. This is my route. If you want to ride with me, you can. It's your choice. But I've never said that to her. I never have. I and would never say that to her. And, and, and so we like being in control. We like being in the driver's seat. And when, when you turn that over, when you hand the keys to somebody else, you are ultimately saying, you can drive and I trust you. You can drive, and, and I'm going to surrender my control. I'm going to trust you. You know, we're in this series entitled Jesus Revealed, and we've seen how Jesus has revealed himself through teaching, uh, through healing, uh, through forgiveness, uh, through calling. And today, in just a few moments, we're going to read from Matthew 18, where he reveals himself. He, he walks the the talk, he, he describes what it means to be one who lives a life of sacrifice, self-denial, losing one's life, surrender. Now, we like Jesus to be in the vehicle with us on the journey. We're not so sure that we want Jesus in the driver's seat, but we, we find Jesus quite handy. Uh, Lord, I may require your services. I have a health issue, and I need healing. I need some help. Uh, Jesus, if you, if you could rescue me. There's some things at work that aren't going well, and, and I'd like it to be different. And so I need you to change my circumstances. Jesus, I'm feeling anxiety, and I want, and I'm being shot at, and I want some peace of mind. Jesus. One day I want to go to heaven. And so I, I need you to, to rescue me and be that, that one redeemer that gets me there. I need fire insurance. We find Jesus handy, but what would happen if Jesus was in the driver's seat? Have you been willing, as we share in communion today, I ask you this question. Have you been willing, am I willing, to surrender control to Christ? To say, have your way. And what does that look like? That means that, that he would be in charge of my life. That means that he would be in charge of my wallet. That means he would be in charge 
of my desires, that I would no longer be in charge of my desires or my ego. I would have to deny myself and certain self-centered ambitions. It means he would have to take control of my mouth. I would have to refrain from gossip or exaggerating or manipulating or or cruelly criticizing or being in a rage. If Jesus moves into the driver's seat, that means I've got to hand him over the keys. It doesn't mean that I'm passive. It doesn't mean that I'm a doormat. It just simply means that I yield the control to Christ. So as we go to communion today, I want to ask you, what is your confession? Who's driving your life? Look with me at the scripture for today, Matthew 16, verses 24 through 26. And Jesus is at a critical time in his ministry, and he's still in the teaching mode, and he's, he's discipling those, uh, those men around him, and he's saying, do you, do you really want to know what it means to follow after me? Do you really want to know what it means to be kingdom-minded and have a worldview of the kingdom of God? In verse 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciples or disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Three real commands, to deny themselves, to take up the cross and to follow. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will discover it, will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? And so Jesus is is laying out there the choices. And he has just spoken to the fact that he's headed to Jerusalem. He's going to be persecuted. He's going to move into suffering. They don't. They don't fully get that because Peter just moments earlier says, it'll never happen, not under my watch. And Jesus said, you don't get it. Get behind me, Satan. This is a journey of a different kind. He's saying, to really follow me, you've got to deny yourself. You've got to give up your agenda. To save your life, you really need to step into the purposes of God. In another part of the scripture, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. But death to self will bring newness of life. In Christ, And that's what Paul was saying to the Galatian church. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. I have submitted to the will of God and to the agenda of God. Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live in faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
I am still myself in the sense that I have my personality, but I no longer live for selfish desires or for my own will, but for the will of God. It's a moment of surrender. And I want to ask you this question. Have you had that moment of surrender when you said, like my dad, I need you to be in charge. Here are the keys. I no longer can be in the driver's seat. I have made so many mistakes. And Lord, I thank you for forgiving me, but I am not my best when I am in absolute control. It's that moment of surrender when we say and we affirm there is a God. We believe there's a God, and it is not me. It's that moment when we recognize that we're not the center of the universe. That when we are at a point of decision, it's not about is it yes, is it no, it's about obedience. It's about yielding. And it doesn't happen in just one moment. In fact, in this passage, it's referenced in other Gospels. And it says, deny oneself. Take up the cross daily and follow me. You see in Romans chapter 12, it talks about giving one's life as a living sacrifice. And to really do that. It happens daily. Every time I get out of my bed and my feet hit the floor, there is a battle going on in whose control, who has the control, who's in control of my life from that moment forward for the rest of the day. That's why it's so important to pull aside and to get into God's word and to to have a devotional life so that that surrender can happen over a continuum. One theologian calls it a a long obedience in the same direction. That's one of the beautiful things that I have seen in this church over 30 years. Is When I came in as an associate, I saw some individuals walking with Jesus faithfully. And I was able to return and see they were unwavering, faithful followers of Jesus. And that they had daily surrendered. And I know that there must have been battles within them. But over the long haul, they have been authentic followers of Jesus. And the wonderful thing as we share in these elements of communion today is that Jesus understands that battle. He understood it all the way to the cross. In fact, in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was a moment of surrender. His flesh was saying, take this cup from me. This is a bitter and painful cup. And I'd rather not do this, God. Father, I'd rather avoid the pain. But then, a huge, pivotal point. For Christ and for you and me and our salvation is when he said, but not my will, but Father, yours be done. And so this is more than rhetoric from someone that was described as a Messiah. 
bitter truth that he lived out as our Redeemer. So as we come this morning, as you receive these elements, I want you to know that Jesus knows the battle within us. And as he knows that struggle, he surrenders. And through his power, we too can surrender to give our lives for him. One of the things we're moving through very quickly, I want to share with you, is a transition in our lives. I mentioned it earlier in this service. And so much of my life has been associated with being a pastor. I went to high school, and during high school, I felt called into the ministry. I got an undergraduate degree from the University of Kentucky, and they're in the Sweet 16. And then I went on to graduate school at Asbury Theological Seminary. And then I came to Martha Bowman. And so for 30 years, my life has been associated with 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 being a pastor. And I've had, I've had to kind of confront that over the last couple of months. What does that mean? And, and, and what will my ministry look like when I leave here? Will it be the same? And am I willing, more importantly, apart from being a pastor, am I willing to do anything that God has called me to do? And so my prayer is, Lord, make me willing to be willing. Help me to surrender to my ego, to my stuff, and may your will be done, whatever that means. Whatever that means. And I got to share with you, that battle has been going on, and I am the most freed I've been in a long time. I really am. Bless my wife's heart. She's had to walk through this. She's had to listen to me with the struggle. Dewey, I believe this is what God's calling me to do. And then in another moment, what have I been thinking? What have I just done? But being in the center of God's will is freedom. Doing what God has for me to do carries joy. Don't miss that. Don't let fear stand in the way. Allow the Lord to use you in ways that he didn't disclose early on, but you'll be amazed by. Let's pray together.